in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who unites us together as one church, one household of God. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I mentioned last week, for those of you that weren't here, that we were doing a new sort of preaching style here, that I'm I'm trying something new out. It's called expository preaching, and uh, the reason that I'm doing that is we're going through the book of Ephesians, and it's a really dense book, and so it's better for us to go through it kind of verse by verse, and that's what uh, expository preaching is all about. It goes through the reading verse by verse by verse, and that's what we're going to do this morning, so it would probably be helpful for you if you have a Bible to open that up to Ephesians 2, or if you don't, you can always use the Celebrate insert and just kind of follow along there. Um, I will warn you that for this one, my translation is going to be probably a little bit different than what is in the Celebrate, simply because the Celebrate makes um, a little bit of a translational move that I don't think is particularly helpful, and uh, so I'm going to be using... Um, uh, the English Standard Version, which is a little bit closer to Greek, but you don't need to know all of that Greek stuff. You just need to know what it says. So, we're going to get to work. Everybody ready? I don't believe you. Um, but, well, okay, well, we'll go anyway. Here we go. Um, so, starting in verse 11, uh, it starts off, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Alright, so, getting back to who the Ephesians are. The Ephesians are Gentiles. They are not Jews. Which well, at the time, was kind of a big distinction because a lot of the Christians thought that you sort of had to be Jewish first and then after that, that you could sort of tack onto that a little bit of Christianity. But the Christianity was essentially sort of this add-on piece to Judaism. And so uh, the way that it would, the way that a lot of the Christians thought about it was that first you had to be circumcised and eat kosher and do all sorts of Jewish stuff. And then on top of that, you said, oh, well, uh, I also believe in Jesus, that it was sort of a heresy, sort of an an add-on to what Judaism was. And Paul is saying, no, that's not the case. But at the time, they were sort of seen as separate, because they weren't circumcised. And that was one of the things that in the Old Testament, when we read throughout the Old Testament, that is one of the things that tells you this person is Jewish, because why would you go through that if you didn't have to? And so, Paul is saying, at the time, you were called the uncircumcision by those who were the circumcision. By those who actually had done this, had done this in the flesh. And what, what they were basically saying was, the way that we can understand this better, is that uh, what the Jewish Christians were saying is, we actually did something physical that showed you that we really believe what we're saying. It's kind of the opposite of somebody who says, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. Um, Because basically what you're saying there is you're kind of indecisive. Um, That you don't really want to follow through on any actions, but you think it sounds kind of cool to be spiritual, so I'm going to get in there. But you don't actually follow through on any of that. And so you're kind of, well, all right, maybe you're spiritual, I guess. Um, But you're not actually doing anything about it. It's maybe the difference between saying you love your mother and having I love mom tattooed on your cheek. Um, 
they, there's something about that physicality that just really brings it home and says, uh, you know, I'm willing to actually do something about this. And that's what, what Paul is, basically, is saying about the Ephesians. Remember that at one time, you were called basically lesser. And the Ephesians, this is probably a shock to them, because if you remember last week, we're, they were pretty good Christians. They were doing pretty much all of the stuff that you kind of expected out of good Christians. All of the stuff that fits into that good Christian thing, that's what the Ephesians were doing. But Paul is reminding them of a time before that. He's, the, uh, there was a time before when you were called the uncircumcision. You were called people that were basically unclean, that were not a part of this whole thing. Because you didn't follow through with it physically. Just remember that, is what he's saying in there. And so, you keep on going there, and he he says, uh, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And that's pretty much something that we all have to remember. No matter who you are. And sometimes this is difficult for Lutherans. So if you grew up as a Lutheran, and you were baptized as a baby, I just want to kind of reinforce this for you. You were not born Christian. Seriously. You were born a horrible, despicable sinner. God loved you. and not saying that He didn't. But you were born sinful. The moment that you came out of your mother's womb, you were a sinner. Your heart was turned against God. And somewhere along that line, God reached in and saved you through word, through sacrament. God saved you, but you were not born a Christian. And so, this line that Paul is using with the Ephesian, it follows for all of you as well. Remember that at one time, you were without God's grace. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Because, honestly, if this was just about genetics... If you were born into being a Christian, then you don't really necessarily need Jesus. And that's what Paul goes into talking about next. But now in Jesus, you who were once far off, having been brought near by the blood of Christ, remember that, blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us, us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments and ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace." and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross and thereby killing the hostility. Alright, so um, remember that in the blood part and then remember that we also started this whole thing off about talking about circumcision. Now, um, I, I did think that it would be kind of cute for me to ask how many of you in the room have been circumcised. Uh, but uh, I don't want to know that. You don't really want to know that. Uh, we'll just leave that one alone. But I will ask this. How many of you have ever witnessed to circumcision. 
No. Nobody. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Well, if you want to, you can look it up on YouTube. I know, I know. This is what length I go to as your pastor. Seriously. This was not a pleasurable experience. And you can go to YouTube and do it yourself and find out exactly how not pleasurable it is. When you watch that being done... I mean, there is no no question about it. You're sitting there, you're squirming in your seat, you're going, oh my goodness, what is going on? Oh, there's blood. And it's not a lot of blood, but it's definitely blood. And it's definitely, you're sitting there going, wow, this is really sort of painful for me to watch. And what Paul is saying here is he's drawing those two verses together. That he's drawing together the verse about being circumcised and uncircumcised, and the verse about being brought into the church by Christ's blood, that he's bringing those things together. What he's saying is, you Ephesians, you weren't circumcised. But, Jesus took a circumcision upon himself for you. What Paul is saying is that when Jesus Christ went to the cross, that what he was doing was actually more painful, believe it or not, than being circumcised. That when he was nailed to that cross, that it was more painful than a circumcision. When that crown of thorns was put on his head, that that was a part of that pain that he experienced. And it's pretty easy for us as Christians, I think, to get desensitized to this sort of notion that Jesus Christ was put on a cross and he had a crown of thorns put on his head and he was beat before he got there and he was put up there on metal spikes and then later on they shoved a spear into him just to see if he was dead or not. We can get desensitized to exactly how painful that was and not understand that that is more painful just in itself than any circumcision ever would be. And then you add on to that the pain of Jesus Christ who has lived in community and communion with the Father and the Spirit for all of eternity. That at that very moment, the Father and the Spirit, that that sense of community is lost as Jesus Christ dies on that cross. Essentially what Paul is saying here is that Jesus Christ was circumcised for the uncircumcised. That the pain that he went through was much more than the pain of any circumcision and much more bloody than any circumcision. And through that, what God has done is that He has broken down that barrier between circumcised and uncircumcised so that there are no longer Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians because everyone has the same circumcision. 
And that circumcision doesn't have anything to do with what you see on YouTube when you go and you Google it up later. That circumcision has to do with the one who died on a cross for you. And that it's through Him that we are united with the people that we're sitting next to you here. That when you look at the other person, that what you're seeing in them, if they are a believer in Jesus Christ, if Christ has saved them, is you're seeing that Jesus was circumcised for them too. And that unites you together. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you that were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Remember how I was talking about one of the most painful things for Jesus was at his crucifixion. What happened was that he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that very moment, what we are understanding is happening is that bond between the Father and the Son and the Spirit is being broken by the Son's death. That that break is being made in His body, in His death. And that when God raises Him up again, that that break... It gives us entrance into that eternal communion. That all of a sudden, we who had no business coming to the Father or to the Spirit, that through the brokenness of Jesus Christ, through the circumcision of Jesus Christ on that cross, that we now have access to God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he goes on. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. That when you look around in this church, and when you look around at the church throughout the world, that what you're seeing is not strangers and aliens. Now, today is uh, the anniversary of my fifth year of of, uh, ordination, my fifth year of being here. And when I came here, uh, I was a stranger. And I was an alien. Maybe you didn't realize how much of a stranger and an alien I was until a few weeks into it. But I came in and I was strange. I was different than the pastors that you have had here at University Lutheran before. Every one of us have been different. And the guy who comes in after me is going to be different than I am. And you were different from me. You were a stranger and an alien to me. Some of you weren't even here when I came. That's the level of alienness that you had. We had to meet later on. And some of you, by the work of the Holy Spirit, are here for the first time today. And that means that you're an alien right now, but you're an alien who's been saved by God, so you're not really an alien to me. Because we're all built around this cornerstone of God. 
of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh in order to die on a cross for us so that we could be all brought in together. But the thing about togetherness that kind of scares us sometimes is that we're afraid that being together and being unified around the same cornerstone means that we all of a sudden become weirdo cult members. That all of a sudden we're going to have to all buy buy black Nike shoes. Anybody remember that? The Hale-Bopp cult? Yeah, yeah. All wore the same thing. All wore the same shoes. It was very odd. We don't have to do that as Christians. We're being united by the same God who forgives us. But there's an interesting thing that he says in this next section. In whom the whole structure... Being built together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In Him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What Paul is saying is that in the church there are all sorts of different people. In fact, even in that section beforehand, he starts to get into it with the saints and the members of the household of God, with the apostles and the prophets. That we have those things. We have those differences and those distinctions among us. And so it doesn't mean that you have to be somebody else. Some of us are pastors. Some of us are teachers. Some of us work in IT. Some of us are artists. Some of us do other things. Some of us are parents. Some of us are lawyers. And that doesn't mean that you have to stop doing those things in order to be the church. It means that Christ has come into your life to make peace between pastors and doctors and lawyers and artists and parents and grandparents that whoever you're sitting next to there that Christ through that circumcision and forgiveness is bringing you closer to Him as a unique individual as you are bringing you closer to the other unique individual that is near you. And none of that is because of what you've done or what you will do. It's not because you've been circumcised or because you're uncircumcised. It's because God loved you enough to die on a cross for you, forgive your sins, make you church and put you at peace with the rest of the church. Amen.